0: What
1: a, what, a, what a gift. So uh, with that, on the, on the topic of music, what I would like to invite you to do is we're going to um, invite you to join me in 30 seconds of silence. You may notice that we do not have our uh, musicians with us today, and part of that is that uh, I'll, I'll speak quite a bit about it today. Uh, our Brown Anderson, who's been our music director for about the last five or six years, done an amazing job. Uh, brought in on Monday morning his resignation and said it was immediate. And, uh, and so rather than try and scramble and put things together, we just invited Martin to be with us today and carry our music, uh, which he has done so beautifully. And beyond that, we don't know. We're figuring it out as we go. And uh, it's been a, a to, to, say, to say the least, it's been an exciting week. And uh, so with that in mind, I'm, I'm gonna invite you to join me a cappella Uh, In singing in this very room. So today, we get to be a big part of the music, which I don't think is a bad thing. And first, I'm going to be quiet for 30 seconds and let us ground ourselves, moving our energy down into our bodies, feet planted on the floor, perhaps, and feeling that energy going down through our legs into the beautiful earth, fully present.
0: Your spirit, one spirit, is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room.
1: So what I invite you to know with me in this moment. Yeah, I'm clapping too in my head. What I invite you to know with me in this moment is there's one power, one presence, one infinite divine intelligence. And so as we build this vortex of the vibration of the Most High, opening ourselves in heart, mind, and soul to this presence, to this activity, to this one life, and claiming it in this centering prayer as our own, I know for myself that I am shifted and changed. And I invite you to join me in this. And so what I know as I'm reminded and dive deeply into this is life is for me in every good way, that newness is always seeking an outlet. And so I know this day, whatever there's right and perfect for me to know and express and to pursue and to nurture and to welcome, I am actively engaged in that. I'm training my mind and my beingness in a new and powerful way this day, constantly becoming and constantly shedding that which no longer serves me. And so I invite you to know that everything necessary for you and I to experience this day is fully available and continues to be available. We are never alone. I give thanks for this beautiful day. I give thanks for this beautiful community. I I give thanks for the awareness and the opportunity that this moment in time has presented me in my own evolution and deepening and expression of the infinite. As I recognize it for myself, I celebrate and recognize it in you. And all that is required, in that is a yes. So in gratitude and appreciation for all the blessings that have brought us together that have, are here now and are yet to be revealed, I give thanks and invite you to stay with me. And so it is. All right. So it's different when we don't have a little music playing under that. But that's life, isn't it? Change. I mean, this is it. The, the, the teaching is, we're in the teaching today. And, and, I you know, I, as I said, by doing this book, every time I open another chapter, all of a sudden the teaching shows up for me. It's like, oh, well, look at this. Here, you want a real application of this? Here you go. Huh. So on Monday, as I mentioned, uh, Brown came in and, and delivered his resignation, said it was immediate, and uh, I have to tell you that I was surprised, as surprised as anyone. And so we have spent the last week kind of, you know, uh, looking at, at various options, how we can move forward and how we can... Uh, uh, you know, we have a Sunday service to do, so uh, and, and so. I wanted to share this with you from the perspective of what I think is valuable and important, and so what I, the content that I have, uh, I think lines up beautifully. I want to share a video with you. It's a it's a short video of the Buddhist monks. One of their practices is sand painting, and interestingly enough, sand painting also was happening in South America at the same time. Uh, which we know from the the information that we have. So isn't it interesting that the commonality of the one mind was already uh, calling forth this this form of creativity? But the Buddhists have a really powerful, wonderful practice around sand painting. When I was at the uh, Parliament of World Religions in 2009, I I witnessed this uh, firsthand and watched them create this sand painting. So this video was was filmed in uh, uh, Clark University in Vancouver, it's four days of these monks coming together. They created this pattern out of uh, chalk lines and, and um, th- with compasses. You'll see that at the beginning, these big uh, wooden compasses to do the circles from memory. They do it all from memory, and then they color it in. They pray to it. It's a symbol of compassion. And, uh, and so then they have a ceremony at the end, and I think it it's, speaks volumes to what is unfolding within our, our spiritual community right now. So pretty interesting. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but what they do is they create this beautiful work of art, and then they sweep it all together. And, they, and I, I have a, some of it at home, I know, somewhere, because I got it in 2009. I was so captivated by this. They took the, the sand, the majority of there, and we did a procession down to the river at Melbourne and, and gave it back to the ocean or the, to the river that was going out to the ocean. But what I love about the... What I was drawn to about this is the impermanence of life. That in and part of what Michael Singer talks about in this, this beautiful book is that one of the things that creates suffering for us is clinging. And so when we come in here, and so when, we, when this all kind of happened on Monday morning, we're like, wow, really? And, and there's, there's details and things around that, which I don't think is appropriate for me to share, but it was quite surprising. And then we thought, well, you know, how do we patch this together and how do we do this? And we just quieted down and thought about it. And, and fortunately, I have to tell you that uh, I don't think I would be as clear and as grounded about this if I didn't have this amazing partner in my life. Because I, I, you know, I don't care who you are, you need somebody to bounce a few things off of. And so it was really valuable because we were able to use spiritual practice to process a bit. And in that we realized, let's not try and put it all back together, patch it together, because Brown, is really the, the Brown has been our, uh, really the cornerstone of the arrangements. He plays our keyboards and supports all the other musicians so beautifully and has done that so long. So I realized to, to try and do that without someone that knew the music, number one, and understands the culture and can drive that, he's sort of the heartbeat of all of it, is, is just probably not going to happen. So uh, fortunately we called uh, Martin Kerr, who has been such a gift to our community for number of years, and, and he said, yeah, I can, I can show up on Sunday, and we said, oh, great. So Martin's here, and through a, a, you know, through a variety of modalities, God bless the internet, God bless all these great artists that are available to us, uh, we've, we've put something together today. I can't tell you what it'll look like next week, I could be up here with a triangle and a kazoo, but, <laughs> but I will do my best, yeah. And I thank you, because I want to tell you something, I, I have nothing but love for that man, and I understand what we asked of him and how long he carried it. Uh, and he, he carried it so, uh, and, and worked a full-time job. Brown just doesn't show up because he's hanging out on a lounge chair in the backyard. He, he works a full-time job that's quite demanding and then comes in and has put together a great music program for us. And I think it's, it's uh, you know, it speaks to uh, expectation, it speaks to resources and a variety of things. So what I know going forward is that we can, you know, I can do a better job and, um, and we'll see what, what unfolds because we're in prayer. And we have been for quite some time with with all of our program. So the the Buddhist video is such a beautiful example of creating something of beauty and then not being attached to it, destroying it, or or taking it apart and offering it. And I just love that practice because um, that's the nature of life. You know, um, Michael Singer says that the highest spiritual practice... The number one highest spiritual practice which we're witnessing today and I have the opportunity to share with you to the best of my ability from my current state of beingness is life itself. That's it. This is, our, this is our classroom. This is the opportunity where we get to try these things out. Dr. Holmes said to abandon principle in our times of need is not to understand the principle at all. In other words, that, that well, I believe that God is everywhere present, but this is a big emergency and so the heck with that. You know, I need to worry myself sick about fixing this or making it right or whatever, and it's like, wait a minute, this is all life. And so I thought it was the, the most beautiful thing available to us was to simply say, this is what this looks like without that energy and without that, uh, that music, but it's also, it's real. You know, this is real. Sometimes things fall apart in our lives. Sometimes things show up that are unexpected. Anybody ever had anything unexpected show up? Yeah, see, there's three or four people here. It's awesome. So, life itself, and we have one choice. Michael Singer says we have one choice in all of this. It doesn't matter what we want for a career, it has nothing to do with it. It doesn't matter who we want to marry, who we'd like to marry, who we don't want to be married to. Um, it doesn't matter how, much, how close we want to be to God. The one choice, as he says, is do you want to be happy? Do you want to be happy? And so that is our choice. That is our opportunity uh, each and every day. So when I was going through this, I thought, wow, isn't this interesting? Uh, It was quite a, it was an amazing week. I went, uh, so I get the news on Monday morning and we're scrambling around and I'm getting a few emails and, and some of them were, you know, it's very interesting because some love to fix the problem and some love to fix the blame, you know, who can we blame? Well, I know who I'll blame, that guy that gets up every Sunday and does the talk. It's like, oh, okay. So once again, it comes by, I gotta lean back and let it go by, and go, wow, look at that. isn't that interesting? But the point is, is that when all those things come at you, so we had this going, and then my computer started freezing up. Anybody ever had that happen? <laughs> so I, I, so I'm, I can't get online to make the appointment at the Apple store, I have a Mac, uh, I love the Mac, I love the Apple computer, and it says, you know, go online and book an appointment. I'm like, if I could do that, I wouldn't have a problem. So I go over to the Apple store. Now, in the meantime, my, I'm having a little trouble with my vintage vehicle that I've talked about many times that I love and adore. And I take it in because it's doing a funny little thing once in a while. It won't start. So I take it in. And $2,000 later, I'm good to go. Right? And I'm thinking, wow, that was $2,000 I didn't think I was going to spend. Thank God I'm rich. I drive over to the West Edmonton Mall in my, my, my brand new, repaired, vintage vehicle with my laptop. I go in and I sit there for an hour and the guy and I look at it and he says to me at the end, well, let's just hope it doesn't happen anymore. And I thought, I could have stayed home and told myself that. That was my methodology. Anyway, go outside to come back and my truck won't start. And it's Friday about 4.30, 5 o'clock Friday night. So now I'm with my, my Apple computer, which I, doesn't work, in a truck that I just spent $2,000 to fix that won't start, and I'm getting texts from people about uh, what I should have done better to avoid this situation with the musicians. And I sat there and I thought, wow, this is the curriculum of, that I signed up for. So I have to tell you, I would lean into it and then lean back and breathe as Michael Singer says, let it go by, let it go by, let it go by but it takes some process and it takes serious discipline. So I share all that with you because I know how difficult this can be. It's, so, it's easy to read the book and go, wow, I just gotta let it all go by, and then something hooks us. Something grabs our attention. But as he says, the, the, the number one question is do you wanna be happy not based on what's the, the past, but from this point forward in your life, do you wanna be happy? This is serious, serious, deep practice. Doesn't mean we have to go anywhere, it doesn't mean we have to give anything up, can we be happy? And so throughout this whole thing, that was the question I worked with for myself. I'm putting this information together and life's showing up this way. It's like, wow, can I be happy in this? Doesn't mean I can be happy about it, but if I spin out of the joy of life, it's not productive, I'm just suffering. And when I'm in suffering, what I know is that my awareness and my, my capacity to, re- to receive the information I think is most valuable just does not exist. So. What it does for me is that it, it, it's such a, a, a beautiful practice, but what happens when we make this, this declaration that I'm, I'm committed from this point forward to be happy, we will put qualifiers in. I know I've done this, but, you know, yeah, as long as my wife does this, I'll be happy. As long as this doesn't happen, yeah, I'm good. God, I'm, I'm, I'm committed, I'm fully committed, I'm taking the vow. I will promise and commit to be happy for the rest of my life. Unless, and then there's my list. So it doesn't have anything to do with us. And that's why it's such serious practice. So we want to qualify it as long as those things line up for us. It will only be... So happiness requires, number one, letting go of melodrama. Letting go of the drama of life. Oh, my gosh, look what happened. Ah, and there's another thing that happened. Ah, and this is another inconvenient thing that happened. Ah, you know, I I should have had you all with me. We could boo and hiss as things would happen.
0: Boo.
1: Hiss. So anyway, that's, I mean, I know it's an exaggeration, but man, I'll tell you. I, and, and you know, my wife, my beautiful partner, said to me a f- number of years ago, you just love the drama, don't you? And having been a trained actor, I thought she's right. I spent years learning this in class. I spent thousands of dollars and thousands of hours. But she just finally shook her head one day and said, man, you just love the drama, don't you? I said, "Wow, well, maybe there's something for me to know here. Well, it took me about a week to get to that awareness. (laughs) It wasn't like that, because I was still ticked off at her for even saying that to somebody like me, you know. But it was true. Letting go of our reasons not to be happy, because I don't have enough money to be happy. As soon as I have X amount of dollars in the bank, you know, as soon as my plan works out, as soon as someone so's nice to me, whatever it may be, you just have to put all those, those things down. I mean, Byron Katie said it. You know, love what is. Love what is. Doesn't mean we approve of it. Doesn't mean that we want more of it. It's just, let's bring love to it. Let, let's bring love to it and love it as it goes by. As Michael Singer says, you know, one of the great joys, I'm happy today. I went down and was celebrating that with the Oilers who got the first pick in the draft. Four out of six years now. We keep bringing guys in. This one more will be the answer. So I celebrated with a big Tim Hortons. I can, that'll make me happy today. It doesn't, t- doesn't take much anymore to make me happy. But I know some folks here would be really happy. And it's like, if you're happy, I'm happy. I'm happy for you. But letting go of our reasons, enjoying life's experiences, to bring love to what's going on right now. We have a banner up there to teach and live from love. And so our music guy that, we, I, that I love and adore says, I can't do this anymore. Well, there's all There's all kinds of tasks and details around that which we're mindful of and we don't wanna repeat that same experience. But by the same token, am I gonna let that destroy my day or my life? It's like things happen, life changes. I've been doing this for 19 years. Next month will be the anniversary of my 19th year, starting my 20th. And I know I don't look that old to you, but I am. (laughs) I told somebody when I started, I'll do this for a couple years, and we owed some guy money in the Fillmore Church, so get him repaid, and you guys can look for somebody that's cut out for this work, because I don't think I am, and here I am, 19 years later, I've been applying for jobs all over the world, and still stuck with this one, but I'm just telling you. So, and I'm just goofing on that, I have not been doing that, but I'm I'm surprised, I'm as surprised as you are. (laughs) This was never, you know, they say have an intention, bucket list, things you gotta do before you die. It never said on my list, be a minister in a new thought community, <laughs> ever. So, but enjoying life's experience and viewing life from 30,000 feet. I mean, that is so important. Like Michael Singer says, have a different perspective. We are eternal beings. You know, I, uh, you know when I was, when I, I used to, I, I'd have friends and I've used it many times counseling with people that would lose their job. And I said, well, you're probably looking for a job when you found this one. Is that not true? You know? So for myself, I was looking for a job when I found this one. And so it's, you know, life is a continuum of shifts and changes, and by right of consciousness, we always end up where we need to be, either intentionally or by default because we're not living consciously. So it's, it's really viewing life from 30,000 feet. And being happy, as Michael, uh, Michael Singer says, is an enlightened path. It's a true spiritual path, it's direct and it's pure. What makes you happy? What, what brings happiness into your life? Because once you made the, the decision to be happy, I'll tell you what happens, is everything contrary to that will show up to challenge your decision. Anybody ever had that? All of a sudden you've affirmed, decided to affirm and know that something different is gonna happen and all of a sudden everything unlike it shows up because we're churning the, the, the soil of our own consciousness, our subjective nature, and that's what happens. But to have the awareness and the insight to realize, okay, this is, this is what's happening for me. You know, I've set those intentions and so what's gotta, we've gotta pull those things up and look at them and, and lean back as Michael Singer would say. Dr. Ernest Holmes said you must look at a thing long enough till it no longer has power over you. There's so many different modalities that will say the very same thing, but it is about awareness. Being awake and aware to what's happening. To understand and to see what you're thinking. Because many people don't even have that capacity. They're so busy thinking and reacting, they don't even realize that they're not their thought. They're not their their emotions. But in fact, we are. We are a spiritual being. And so when we have the awareness to realize what we're thinking, it's huge. There will always be something to bother us if we let it. There will always be something to bother us if we let it. And it's, it's serious practice to get up and go, you know, I got this going. You know, I mean, I gotta tell you, this is, I've been through this seven times, in 19 years of ministry. Seven times I've had seven different music, people that have done music for me in many capacities. So I know what this is gonna take. And it's more work, it's more heavy lifting. But if I, if I spin in this idea it's more work and more heavy lifting, it's like, meh, it is what it is. And I've, I've done prayer work for the greater yet to be to be revealed. So, so what I know is that I trust in that, and I realize that it's time for, there's time for a new approach to this, whatever it may be. And I don't know specifically right now what that's going to be, but I, I know something within me does and will reveal it to me in an orderly and sequential way. So as Holmes would say, I don't know, but something within me does know. I shared last week about being in Quadra Island. I was preparing for a, a workshop for, with 12 people, and 80 people showed up. So I stood there in the circle of 80. I said, thanks so much for everybody showing up, which I really don't think was I was sincere at that point in time. I was in a little (laughs) bit of panic. I said, I just need a minute. I went back over in the corner, and I did some prayer work. I said, God, and my prayer was, God, I can't do this, but I know you can. And then I came back out, and I stood there for about another minute, pretending like I was praying, but I was really just listening. You can get away with that. You shut your eyes. Everybody thinks there's something happening in there. (laughs) I'm in there like, hmm, okay, any minute now. And then uh, an idea showed up, and I, I shared that, and that seemed to build a little momentum, and then another idea showed up. So it was very organic, but without stopping and listening and having that faith and having had enough experience with that, you know, I would have done something. I would have forced something, but it would not have had the grace upon it that it did because I realized, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm lost, but I know that there's something guiding and directing me. And so I stand with you today in, in terms of what's the transition going on here. I'm, I'm lost, but I also know there's, a, there's something that is seeking expression, and we will continue to welcome that and build that. And it'll be right and perfect, and it'll continue to come together. So, so that what's contrary will show up, but there will always be something to bother us if we let it. So it, we must remain conscious, centered, and committed. Conscious, centered, and committed. You know, meditation, I'm reading the autobiography of the yogi right now, and that is such an amazing book. Oh, my God, you know, I wasn't ready to read that book until I I got to this age. But it's such an incredible book on the depths of consciousness and and the insights and the awarenesses and the the practices. But it's just a deep, rich, powerful, powerful autobiography. If you have to be here, Michael Singer said, if we have to be here, why don't we just be happy? I mean, if we got to be here, Right? Despite what happens, the, the music director resigns, the car breaks down, the laptop freezes up, the dog gets lost, whatever it may be. It doesn't mean we don't care. It doesn't mean that we're, we're not disappointed or challenged by it, but by the same token, let's, why not be happy? This is gonna work out. This too shall pass. It says that right in the Bible. It came to pass. It comes into our life so we can have the experience with it. It can test us and stretch us and grow us. I mean, that's my take on it. It's just—it's—it's it's the opportunity for furthering and deepening and and growing and expansing and and giving giving welcome to the greater yet to be. He says in the in the um, in his work, uh, Michael Singer says to affirm each day that I'm at peace. I'm at peace despite what's going on. I'm at peace. And sometimes we slip off, and, and if we slip off, get back up. But I'm at peace. I appreciate life and I am unconditional love. Three really powerful affirmations to work with. Every time we start to slip into ha- unhappiness, we catch ourselves. And sometimes we catch ourselves sooner than other times because it doesn't happen overnight. This takes practice. This takes commitment and devotion. And at, at times what happens is you'll, you'll, you'll wanna break your vow. Like I said, so this is an emergency. This is an exception. You know, Holmes, as he said, to abandon principle in our time of need, is not to understand it at all. But many times for the newness to show up, things fall apart, break down. I want to share with you, Joe Dispenza has this beautiful... um, First, I'll do this next slide. Unconditional happiness is a very high practice. Then I'm going to show you some of Joe's stuff. We can either go with it, which is the worry, concern, anxiety, and the race consciousness, there's not enough lack and limitation, or we can let it go by. And let it go by. What it does is it purifies our hearts and it purifies our minds. See, purification is such an amazing thing. That's what meditation does. When we activate that, that pineal gland, that third eye, that's what the center of purification where we burn off the dross of the, the misidentities or the false beliefs or the error beliefs. And then it also brings into our awareness that which is ours to do. What is mine to do in this? What, am I, what, what should I dissolve here? You know, when, when this happened with the, I, you know, it was in those questions when this happened with, the, with uh, Brown stepping down. I thought, what is it that I must dissolve so that I can welcome the next form of newness? And what will it look like? But to create the space for something to happen. And st- I'm still working with that. I'm still, it's still my practices. So in, in Joe Dispenza, he's got a video here. Let me set it up for you a little bit. It's, it's really wonderful. He talks about, in this video, it's the end of the video, he's talking about uh, someone that hates their mother-in-law. Can't imagine that. But this person hates their mother-in-law. And they're talking about this belief. And all of a sudden, they read a book. They read a book and, and, and they, they, they realize, you know what? This is a book about love and joy and unconditional, uh, unconditional love and, and compassion, and so, reads the book, likes the book so much, reads it twice. Goes to work and says to people, you know what, you need to be more loving and you need to be more compassionate. And all of a sudden, he's driving home and all of a sudden, this thought comes to him, oh my God, I gotta go to my mother-in-law's for dinner. And so all of a sudden, this fear and terror take, overtakes him and he goes right back into the spin of judgment and, and, uh, and resentment with the, with the relationship. And, and so... Um, it's about the journey of realizing that he's made the commitment to uh, this unconditional love and what happens and Joe's done so much work around the synapses in the brain that which fires, uh, that which oh, f- fires together, uh, wires together, correct and how we can shift and change it and we do that and it's almost instantaneous many times for people. So he's, he's expanding at the end of his talk about this and I think it's quite beautiful and amazing to listen to. So if we can cue that up. There's Joe.
2: It's a TED talk, he was in Tacoma for this. Your U-turn, you're heading to the dinner, you're reminding yourself who you no longer want to be, silencing those circuits in the brain. You begin to think about who you do want to be based on the knowledge you've learned and you're priming your brain ahead of the actual experience. You walk into the dinner and you get your behaviors to match your intentions. You get your actions equal to your thoughts. You get your mind and body working together, and you do exactly what the book says. The moment that happens, all of a sudden, you feel compassion. Now the moment your heart begins to open and you feel compassion, you are teaching your body emotionally to understand what your mind intellectually understood. You see, knowledge is for the mind, but experience is for the body. And when we begin to experience compassion, now we are embodying knowledge. The word is becoming flesh and the limbic brain makes a new batch of peptides that signals the body and you begin to literally change your genetic expression because there's new information coming to the gene and epigenetically we signal genes from the environment. And you're changing the fabric of you because you're instructing your body chemically to understand what your mind is intellectually and philosophically understood. But it's not enough to do it once. You can't forgive your mother-in-law one time and expect to be on the stained glass windows in church. You got to be able to repeat the experience. You got to be able to do it over and over again. You have to do it so many times that you no longer have to think about it. And when you do it over and over again, you neurochemically condition the body to memorize compassion as well as the conscious mind. And when that happens, when the mind and body are working together or the body knows as well as the mind, you activate that third brain called the cerebellum, the seat of your subconscious mind. You've practiced it so many times that you know how, but you don't know how you know how. It's automatic. It's second nature, it's easy, it's a habit, it's a skill, it's an automatic behavior. And when you get to this level of memorizing an internal chemical order, a level of innate now, it's so innate in you that it's who you are. When you get to that point where no person, no thing, no experience can remove you from it because you have sustained this level of coherence, now you're in a state of being. And so the way we transform the world is we transform ourselves, and when we're in that state of being, we give people permission to do the same. Thanks for listening. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's so true. As I've said a number of times, transformed people transform people. and That's the only thing that, that, that will do it. And and so when we realize that what he's saying there is that the repetition is so important for us because what it does is it rewires the synapses that have been sending the signal for a long time. If we have agreements with lack and limitation, and it's beautiful in this, this uh, discussion that he does, he, he shows some visuals, eventually the new idea requires more and more energy, the new idea of compassion, the new idea of abundance, the new idea of creativity, opportunity, whatever it may be. And what happens is it draws energy from those old synapses and they, they dissolve. But it takes practice and practice and practice. That's why every thought is so important. That's why every obstacle that comes into our lives, when we've made a vow to happiness, it keeps that vibration. There's a frequency. Tesla, that amazing invi- inventor, knew you know, years ago that everything is vibration. And so it's our opportunity to continue to mind our own awareness, to have awareness of the thoughts that we're having, and to realize, no, I'm not going to feed that anymore because I've made a commitment to be happy. Despite conditions in my life, despite all these things happening, there's a happiness and joy that is, that is permeating my being. And it seems counterintuitive. I mean, it's just like, why would you want to do that? But in fact, what it does is supports and creates a consciousness and, a, and, a, and an energetic that eventually that commitment to happiness, we become a magnet for that which we are. That's how consciousness works. It's the law of attraction. Joe, Joe articulates in another lesson that he did the four characteristics of spontaneous healing, which I think is amazing. But they now know that there's been a number of, of cases of spontaneous healing, physical healing on this planet. And the number one characteristic is a belief in a divine intelligence. The people that have this experience realize, you know what, just like I said to you, I don't know, I can't do this, but there's something, there's something that I'm immersed in that is around me and supporting me at an unseen, powerful level that can. So I can't heal this, but something can. So it's, it's, the surrender is not giving up. It's just opening the, the availability of that which we're immersed in to have its way by means of us. So we're in the co-creation and the grace. I was at the hospital yesterday with someone that was been given a, you know, the MD, the minor deities have given a uh, diagnosis of, of this terminal. And I said, well, I don't accept that. Let's do some prayer work around possibility. Let's open up to a different uh, frequency. So people that have had this spontaneous healing believe in a presence of the divine. Number two, there's awareness that their thoughts have contributed to their condition. People understand, wow, the way I've been thinking, the way I've been, my attitude towards other people, the attitude towards myself, whatever it may be, has contributed to whatever this discord is. So they have an awareness of that, which means they take in responsibility, and they go about the business of shifting and changing it. Number three, they reinvent themselves. They realize, you know what, that's how I used to do it, and this is how I do it now. You know, I, everybody take a different way home today from church. Everybody go a different way. Because what it happens when, we're, when we get into the mundane, we go to sleep. Even those little practices, take a left instead of a right, go around the block, it takes us out of the status quo of our thinking. we we'll fall asleep in it. He's, he uses an example. He says that um, he probably doesn't remember, but do you remember where you were on 9-11? Or do you remember when the, the Oilers got the first pick and it might be Connor McDavid? Anybody remember that? But we all remember significant events like that in our lives. But most of the time we go into the mundane. And it sh- those th- times when we shift the, the mundane, it, it shocks us into a new awareness. But simple practices like that, you know, to walk, to move in different ways, as Joe talks about training the body. He can s- speak next week. I'm going to take the week off. And then long moments. The, the fourth one is there's every, these people have all had the same experience of long moments where they're lost in time and space. Where there's moments of just not the chatter, the quiet, just lost in the present moment. There's no need to say anything, fix anything. I have to tell you, when I was at the West Edmonton Mall, the truck wouldn't start, the texts are coming in, and the laptop is. Rose up I just I said, well, I'm just going to have a long moment of quiet and space here, and then the truck had a spontaneous healing <laughs> so i'm a little i don't trust it right now, but I love it anyway but isn't it fascinating to know that these characteristics of people that people have gone before us that that you know to, to to welcome the presence of spirit, to realize that maybe I can't do it, but that presence is supporting me in this. You know, to, to the awareness that my thoughts have contributed to the current conditions, and it's, it's my opportunity to perhaps look at it in a new way. To reinvent myself. What's the, what's the, what's the call in this? And long moments where we lost in time and space. As he says, as Michael Singer says, if we remain open enough, waves of uplifting energy will fill our hearts. I believe that's true. If we slip, we just get back up. And my last slide with him today is one of my favorite quotes that was mentioned in a small group I was with yesterday is that everything will be okay when we're okay with everything. Everything will be okay when we're okay with everything. Which once again, we realize we stand in faith. That this world, you know, I just read a thing about uh, perseverance and it was a story about coming out of the, all the questions these young people had about coming out of the depression and there wasn't enough and people were selling apples on the street corner and and people were without food back in the, the Great Depression. And the question at that time that young people have is how shall we survive? How will we get through this? And then they, were, they, 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 they uh, talked about what's happening now with terrorism and, and all the things happening on the globe. And the same question again. How will we survive? How will we go forward? And the answer has always been like we always have.
2: Like we always have.
1: In the majority of people, there's, a, there's an aliveness and there's a spirit that is going to move us forward. And it's our opportunity to welcome it and be part of the solution. we not. But it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to witness and be part of. And we're and we're seeing it demonstrated here today. I thank you for your love and support and understanding. You know what the what what will emerge for us? We'll find out. But I'm going to keep showing up and doing what I'm doing and, and cre- create that space of opportunity. So what I'm going to invite right now is I'm going to invite our our, our uh, ushers to come forward. We'll do our offering. And we'll and we'll bless our uh, talk today. So, what I know in this moment as we, we prepare our gifts today, there's something powerful alive here today. In the quietude of this day, in the, the shifting and changing, what I know is it just reminds us of the impermanence of life, and yet our, our consciousness, who we are and whose we are, in each moment becomes, continues to deepen and expand in a beautiful, wonderful way. That everything that each and every one of us require for the next good step, for the next moment of awareness, that insight of what we're thinking about and how we may shift and change that into a a greater possibility is alive and dynamic. So as we give our gifts this day, in gratitude and appreciation, that which we appreciate, appreciates. And I know that it is alive and dynamic for each and every one of us. So in gratitude and appreciation, I give thanks for the opportunity to share my time, talent, and treasure in support of the presence of spirit upon this planet and the, the blossoming of consciousness. And together we say, and so it is.